Hello, and welcome back to Over My Dead Pod. I am your host today, Holly Spear. And I'm Kylie Colwell. And that's it. It's just <laughs> me and Kylie. If you don't follow Kate on Instagram, which you should, and maybe we should give her a shout out on the podcast, Kate Carter had her baby. So she's on maternity leave. You know what song has been stuck in my head? Because I've been thinking about like, well, what are we going to say? Is that song like just the two of us? Yes, just the two of us. We can make it if we try. I mean, Ky- Kylie and I were talking about before the episode, Kate really does carry the weight with the shock value because Ky- Kylie and I are like not shocked by much. And Kate is very, what? She, she carries it. What? I mean, her face, if you could see the faces, it's it's great. It's great. So it's just us. We don't know when Kate will be back, just whenever she feels comfortable. And she may just listen to the episodes and add her wonderful Kate commentary and not host any episodes for a while. You just get me and Kylie. This is a good opportunity to talk shit about Kate because she has yeah. on the pod that she does not listen to it. Yes, yes. So Kate, you're a bitch. <laughs> and <laughs> Kate is so annoying. Yeah. <sighs> Well, today is my episode. I don't really have any opener or anything because I don't want to give anything away, but it is a maddening story. I think I describe cases as maddening a lot, but this is a very maddening story. I will just hop right into it. To begin, there is a couple, and their names are Michelle and Lloyd. And Michelle and Lloyd met in high school in 1989. They were high school sweethearts, and Michelle's actually two years older than Lloyd. When Michelle graduated high school, she went off to college, but she and Lloyd were still dating. And when Lloyd graduated from the same high school two years later, he asked Michelle to marry him, and he joined her at the same college. Family and friends of Michelle were skeptical of Lloyd at first. They thought that he was a little arrogant and controlling, but Michelle just seemed to love Lloyd. She told her family and friends that Lloyd was very intelligent, that she just loved the conversations that they could have. Lloyd was studying to be an engineer, and he was able to have very intelligent and mature conversations, and Michelle said that she loved the time that they spent together. So I think her family kind of just grew to accept Lloyd, whether they liked him or not. Right after college graduation, Michelle would give birth to the couple's first child, a girl, and then another girl, and then another girl. Is this the Duggars? <laughs> it's not the Duggars, no. <laughs> and then another girl, and then another, <laughs> and then a boy. Um, and then 20 more. Yeah, yeah, and we'll be here all night. But three girls, and the couple settled on these three girls. And by the way, the last name is Michelle and Lloyd Knight Rider. So the family moved right after Lloyd got his engineering degree because Lloyd got a job in Corning, New York. Things seemed to be going well for the family from the outside from the beginning. Both Michelle and Lloyd had graduated college. They had three little girls. They were really just starting this great family. He had a great engineering job, and they had just bought the house in New York, and it was a large farmhouse. So things were looking pretty good for the Nyriders. However, things begin getting tense around the late 2000s. So as we know, the late 2000s are kind of tense for everyone because of 
the recession going on at the time. People are losing their jobs everywhere. And some areas are more affected than others. And one of these areas that was very affected was courting New York. Lloyd did get laid off and he took a new job later in New Jersey. And Michelle went back to school in pursuit of a graduate degree while teaching English at a local college. Coupled with this move and loss of job and now this long distance relationship put a strain on the couple. And I think this is when Lloyd's issues start to get more obvious. He was kind of constantly like putting Michelle down and the family started seeing control issues. We see this in abusive relationships a lot, but Michelle begins to isolate herself away from her friends and family. Her mother would say that she didn't know why Michelle chose to do this, but she completely stopped talking to her mom. The mother said that there was never a fight or anything leading up to Michelle cutting ties with her. So she had no idea why her daughter just completely stopped talking to her. They pretty much knew that it was because of Lloyd. You see a lot of, I guess, abuse or controlling relationships when one partner feels insecure. Yes. Actually, this guy gets laid off and has to move far away. That's right. Big- and his wife is going back to college, getting her master's. She's excelling. And I think, yeah, exactly. Like what you said, I think that he is jealous of his wife because he is a bad person. So Michelle hasn't spoke to her mom in 10 her mother in 10 years. And later, one of Michelle's friends would confirm that Michelle told her that it was Lloyd that made her stop talking to her own mom because Lloyd said that he did not want Michelle to have a place to go if she ever left him. Top tier manipulative, abusive husband. I feel like the mom would still let her in the house. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. The couple divorced, (laughs) shockingly, in August 2012, but it was Lloyd that actually filed for divorce. The oldest child, the daughter, chose to live with her dad in New Jersey, and Michelle and her younger sister stayed with their mom in Corning, New York. After this, the broken family was in the midst of a huge custody battle, and it was huge because Lloyd was relentless about this custody case for his daughters, and he was not letting up. He wanted to remain in sole control of his daughters, and Lloyd files 26 petitions for custody and other, like, random legal matters that I think he thinks will get him custody of his daughters. Is there not a limit? I feel like there should be a limit. I feel like there should be a limit as well. If there isn't, I don't understand what's going on here because many, many, many frivolous petitions. And what lawyer, what, I don't know, whatever. So like it does with many times with these broken families, the custody issues ended up causing tension between parents and children, between the mother and her children, mostly the middle child, Carrie. Carrie and her mother really butted heads and could not get along. So, you know, the oldest is living with the dad, so they don't have as many problems. And then the younger child just kind of, I think she's around 14. So Carrie's really at that age where she's kind of rebellious anyway and is likely to have more problems getting along with her parents. But this all together led to very heated arguments between the mother and daughter, Carrie and her mom. Carrie, the middle child, she is... At this time in the story, she's a sophomore at RIT University in Rochester. On August 28th, 2017, this is a Monday, a family friend came by the Knight Rider's house to pick up the youngest for swim practice. He goes to knock on the door of their house, but no one comes out. 
from the outside window, he could see what he thought was a shadow standing in the doorway, like a silhouette of a woman. And he said that it was hard to tell because it was really dark, but that it looked like someone was just standing in the house and not moving, though he was like continually knocking on the door. Obviously, the friend thinks that something is just not right about this. So he calls the police and he tells the police that, hey, went to knock on this door, looked through the window, and I thought I could see Michelle, the mother, standing in the doorway, just completely motionless. Police come out, they arrive at the scene, and they enter the house. Police announce their presence, but no one answers. Just a few more steps in the house and the officer can see that there is a body hanging where the friend had seen the shadow. Hanging from the banister with a rope tied around her neck was the body of Michelle Nightrider, and she was cold to the touch. A good time for Kate to be like, what? What? Insert. We'll get that from another clip and insert. Kate going, what? Police search the home, and they find no suicide note, and they find no one else in the home. Remember that Carrie, the middle child, was away in college. Oldest lives with the dad, but the youngest was supposed to be picked up by the family friend for her practice, but she was nowhere to be found. So this is the police's first concern. Dead mother, missing child. Police begin calling and notifying Michelle's family and, you know, asking where this daughter might be. Once Carrie, the middle child in Rochester, learns that her mother is dead, she calls police. And Carrie was completely distraught. She calls the police pleading for more information about her mother's death. She also tells police that the youngest child was actually with her in Rochester 100 miles away which is strange from the beginning because she's definitely supposed to be with her mom in Corning. Police have this first initial conversation with Carrie, and Carrie actually tells the police that she had seen her mother just the night before when she came by the house. Carrie wanted to come by and spend the night with her mom and see her and spend some time with her before her next semester at college started. But unfortunately, her and her mother had gotten into one of their many fights. Carrie said that her mom just started freaking out. The fight ended with Carrie storming out of the house and taking her little sister with her. Like I said before, these bad fights are not unusual in the family. It was reported that between the span of two to three years that there had been roughly one dozen police calls to the house because of domestic disputes going on between the mothers and the daughter. If you're talking to police and you're saying, okay, I last saw this person who's now deceased like the night before, would you give up that you were in it? You had an argument? Yeah, I don't think I would. I just think that I would, I don't know. I mean, I have no idea about this case. I have no idea who it's going to be. Yeah. But I mean, I guess if you're, tr- if you're truly trying to be honest and like give as much information as possible, you would. But like, I think of it from, you know, a true crime lover perspective where I would be like, no, I would never say that because you're obviously going to make yourself look guilty in the beginning. And then your little sister says, well, I heard him screaming. And then all of a sudden, you know, like reverse psychology. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? We're too deep. We're too deep to make an opinion. (laughs) But Michelle, she does. She goes ahead and she tells police everything that happened. The ex-husband, Lloyd, drops everything, and he left New Jersey to come to New York and be with his younger daughters. Police obviously want to talk to Lloyd, too, since he's the ex-husband and they're going through all this custody disputes. Lloyd tells police that he actually had not talked to Michelle in a while, but that, unfortunately, the news that Michelle had committed suicide was not shocking to him. He said that Michelle had actually contemplated suicide before they were even married. He said that back in high school, Michelle had made plans to commit suicide with a group of her friends. So I guess like some kind of suicide pact situation. 
Lloyd says, not that shocking to me. She's thought about it before. Um, And he said that this was something that really bothered him about Michelle when they initially began dating. Lloyd also explains to police the problems that he had with Michelle recently. Lloyd claimed that the youngest daughter wanted to live with him, but that Michelle was very upset about hearing this. And she it was something that was affecting her mental health, knowing that her daughters did not want to live with her. Lloyd said that Michelle's emotions were just completely out of control and that her children were coming to him telling him how emotional and out of control that their mother had been recently. So Lloyd gives all that information to the police. Police are really thinking that this is a suicide at this point. But as they begin to give the news to more of Michelle's friends and family, some people have a huge problem with the idea that Michelle committed suicide. Police call Michelle's family and friends, and Michelle's sister said that although she did know Michelle had been fighting with her children, that Michelle was in a great place in her life, and she did not think that this was ever something that Michelle would do. Her friends and family raise all of these points that make police start to believe that Michelle maybe didn't kill herself. They said that she was positive. She was excited for the future. She had just gone back to school and was pursuing her degree. Just very recently, in one of the court hearings that they were having, for the custody battle, Lloyd had not shown up to the hearing. And so the petition had been dismissed. Michelle was very, very happy about that. Although she did think that it was out of character for Lloyd to not show up after his relentless show that he's put on for him Mm -hmm. to just not show up. This was positive for her. She was extremely happy. And things seemed like they're getting really good for Michelle. Her friends did not believe that Michelle would end her life in a way that her daughters would be forced to find her. Her daughters were her most important thing in her life, and they thought even if she was to commit suicide, which they didn't think she would, that she would never do it in a way like this in front of her in front of her kids. Mm-hmm. To play devil's advocate, you do have the people that are like, oh, I never expected that. Like, they're always so happy. Yes. yes. And and that that is something, too, that I was going to point out because I think that, you know, celebrities, anybody, you know, they're like, we never saw this coming. They were so happy, you know, and there can be people can be, you know, having demons on the inside that people don't see. And we see that all the time. Devil's advocate. Totally true. We don't always see what's going inside reflecting. Friends also raised the point that Michelle is a writer and that she had her master's in writing or was pursuing her master's in writing and that they think that she would have written a suicide note. And we know that there was not one found at the scene. This kind of seems a little like trivial in hindsight, like, well, she would have written a note and she didn't, so therefore she didn't kill herself. I think that you have to take into account how close these people are and they know her better than anybody. And I think that that's something that they noticed. Michelle's friends not only refuse to believe that Michelle did this to herself, but the friends think that police should be specifically looking at Lloyd, which I just think is obviously a red flag. You know, like if somebody does kill themselves and you immediately have someone in mind that you're like, oh, it's not a suicide and he did it, like specifically him. Like, I think we should look into it. Yeah. Yeah. Seems seems believable. So because I mean, I don't have anybody in my life that I would be like, you know, them. But do you? Uh, maybe i do fair fair something in the investigators guts tell them that there is something more to this story so for starters the scene they start to analyze 
the scene and they find that on Michelle's neck are scratch marks like she's clawing at her face and her neck and they start kind of strategizing that maybe she's trying to remove something around her neck if she's still alive or their defensive wounds. Also, the rope is in an odd position around her neck that they believe is inconsistent with other instances of suicide. The mark is on her chin, actually, and it's in the shape of a U. And I don't really understand what about this mark told the investigators that it was not self-inflicted, but something about the shape of this mark made them believe that it wasn't someone that was hung and then they stopped breathing, but it was something, it was something around her neck that was pulled backwards. So something about that shape, I don't understand it. That's what they're saying. If you have it like tied in the back, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Versus if you're strangled, someone has the four fingers on each side of your neck and the thumb is like up under your chin. Yeah. That's what I'm imagining. Yeah. Yeah. Something. Yeah. There's something to that and I don't understand it, but yeah, something about the motion of what made the mark of it not being pulled down, but being pulled back. So that's what they're kind of thinking. Police analyze the photos of the case and notice that there also seems to be blood on the wall. It appears to police that this indicates there's some kind of struggle. However, the autopsy comes back and it lists Michelle's death as undetermined, which make it a little bit harder for police to continue the investigation. I mean, they can continue trying to determine what killed Michelle, but they're not fully going at it as a homicide case. Thankfully, these police are still pushing and they push a little bit harder and they start kind of putting a little bit of pressure on Lloyd. They talk to Lloyd and they find out that actually Lloyd has a pretty good alibi. Police believe that Michelle was killed between midnight on Saturday night and Sunday morning. So Lloyd says he was actually out of town that day and he was over half an hour away in Rochester helping his daughter move. So Lloyd, like I said, lives in New Jersey, but he had driven down from New Jersey to Rochester to help Carrie move out of her college apartment. 30 minutes isn't that strong of an alibi. No, but there's more. So he says that he helps her unload her stuff and then he stays the night in a hotel in Rochester. And he said that he was there all night. And he says the next day he leaves Rochester and he goes home to New Jersey. Lloyd says that he's not been back to Corning, New York until, that was until the body of Michelle was found And he came back to help his girls kind of mourn the loss of their mom. Not only that, but Lloyd claims that he actually has all of the receipts from the last seven days of everywhere that he's gone. And he gives the receipts to police and it appears that he was exactly where he said he was. Police go further and they pull Lloyd's phone records for that Saturday night. The phone records reveal that Lloyd did not leave the hotel all night. So Lloyd has built himself a pretty solid alibi at this time. The moment that Lloyd finds out that Michelle is dead, he flies himself down, not really flies, but he he goes quickly to stop the child support payments of his girls, like, immediately. That's a red flag. Also a red flag to have all of these receipts. Yeah. Yeah. Late 2000s, I don't know if people really kept receipts like that. No. I mean, now it's like, you know, every time I swipe my credit card, I can see it live on my app. But I mean, to sit there and, you know, keep your little little receipts, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think I've ever kept a paper receipt ever unless I planned on returning it after I wore it. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah. So Lloyd does. And he says that he turns those in and police are, I mean, they're not satisfied, but they're like, okay. And then he turns off these child support payments, which was very important to him. Police go back and they talk to Carrie again. Carrie is the one who admitted that, you know, she was fine with her mother before. And I think that's probably why that they went to talk to her again. Police bring Carrie back to recount her story. So they're like, okay, tell us again, like, exactly what happened. So Carrie says she goes to her mother's home, immediately gets into a fight. Her mom's screaming, hysterical, yada, yada. So the fight ended with her mom retreating into her bedroom and slamming the door. Carrie said she waited to see if her mother would come back out and talk to her. She waited a little bit. Mom didn't come out. So she just decided to leave and take her little sister. Police do not believe Carrie. And here's why. Police have pulled Carrie's phone records and they could see that Carrie actually stayed at her mom's house for over two hours. And the younger sister says that she remembers hearing her mother screaming and the younger sister fell asleep and was woken up by Carrie telling her that she needed to leave with her because her mom is upset. So the timeline of what Carrie is saying is just not really adding up at all. She's like, I was in and out of the house, had a fight, immediately left. But her phone shows that it's been over two hours that she spent at the house. Police are starting to kind of push back Carrie a little bit. But it just really doesn't make sense at this point because if Carrie was to kill her mom, she's only like 19 years old and she's petite. And there's no way that Carrie is going to be able to hang her mom off the banister and stage it like a suicide i mean she's not going to pick up that dead weight she's not going to you know yeah police are kind of struggling with like how would she even do this i mean i don't know if this is like a spoiler alert or not but did carrie call her dad we'll get there (laughs) okay okay (laughs) police begin exploring the theory that carrie had help um (laughs) they start reevaluating lloyd her dad Lloyd looks like a pretty good suspect. He's the ex-husband. The husband always did it. Even if he's the ex-husband, still probably did it. The police dig deeper in Lloyd's alibi to see if they can possibly find any holes in his timeline. And what police find is disgusting. Police pull the security footage from the hotel that Lloyd claims he stayed at all night and all Saturday morning. And the footage shows that around 10 o'clock on Saturday night, Lloyd leaves his hotel. So his alibi is pretty much shattered, and it's not just Lloyd. Lloyd and Carrie leave together. This is obviously completely the opposite of what Lloyd and Carrie are both originally claiming. You know, Lloyd claimed he helped his daughter move, never came out, blah, blah, blah. Carrie claimed she got home, left, went back to college. Obviously false. At 6.30 a.m., Over eight hours later, security cam footage shows Lloyd returning to the hotel. It's a pretty long gap. I mean, basically all night he's gone. Yeah. Police kind of run into a problem because Michelle's death is still technically listed as undetermined. The district attorney's office sends all of the files to a private forensic pathologist and they ask him to give a second opinion on the cause of death. The private pathologist takes a look at Michelle's file, but unfortunately, he can only look at the paperwork because Michelle had been cremated. The pathologist couldn't really do anything other than look at the files, which he also noted the same things that the original pathologist suggested, the U shape on her neck. The new pathologist pointed out hemorrhaging that suggested strangulation, but not by hanging. Ultimately, the new pathologist ruled that Michelle's death was homicide. 
police then have enough to tap the phone lines of both Lloyd and his teenage daughter, Carrie. Detectives call Carrie and they ask her to come back in to talk to them. They do this, and I watched a Dateline on this episode, and the officer that talked about tapping these phone lines called it tickling the line, where he, like, puts out a little bit of bait to get the people, like, talking to each other. I don't like that. Let's just call it, like, baiting. Baiting the, yes, baiting the hook. I don't know. Something about tickling the line just gives me ick. Yeah, it sounds NSFW or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I didn't like it immediately when I heard it. So they bait the hook for Lloyd and Carrie, and they want to see if they can get them talking to each other and maybe release some details that they're holding back. They ask Carrie to come in, and they are hoping that Carrie gets scared and turns around and calls her dad. And she immediately calls her dad. In this call, Carrie tells her dad that the officer wants to meet with her the following Monday. Lloyd says... He would rather his daughter not do this. He says to avoid the police as much as she can. And he tells his daughter to lie. And he's like, say that you have a counseling appointment. Say that like you're in therapy because of all this going on. It's really hard for you and like really emphasize that. So he's telling her to lie. Tell the officers that it's really important that you make it because of everything that's going on. It's been really hard on you. And then he says, well, do you think you could cry? and Carrie kind of like gives a little chuckle and she says I might so (laughs) red flags police leave their phones tapped and gather more information and a few months later they decided that what they were going to do was kind of ambush Lloyd and Carrie at the same time and talk to them before they have a chance to talk to each other so investigators swoop in and interview Lloyd and Carrie at the same time and they confront them with all of the evidence that they have against them. Investigators tell Lloyd that they know that Michelle's death was a homicide and it was not a suicide, and they would like to know if his daughter had something to do with her mother's death. And Lloyd does not come to his daughter's defense right away, which is ridiculous um, and hilarious. Not really, but like, what the hell, you know? Police ask him if there's any situation where he could see Carrie killing her mother, even if it was self-defense, since it was so tense in the house. Like, could you ever see Carrie killing your mother? Lloyd gives this, like, long pause that's so long because you're just like, oh, my gosh, is this dad not going to take up this freaking psycho, not going to take up for his daughter? And he's like, eh, I guess I just can't really see it. You know, like, he's not like, no, she never, my daughter would never kill her mom. But he's like, under certain circumstances maybe (laughs) yeah so odd and at the same time police are interviewing carrie in new york right after the interview lloyd calls carrie and wants the scoop of what she told investigators carrie was pressed by the investigators and carrie cracked carrie tells the investigators everything that happened her carrie's story is that her father entered her mother's house Carrie was downstairs, but her father walked upstairs to her mother's room. She heard her mother ask, what are you doing here? Why are you here? And Carrie said that she could hear her mother yelling why. Carrie tells the officer she did not know what was going on, and she did not know that her father had killed her mother. It comes out that, actually, Lloyd had come to Carrie and told her that he was going to kill himself. So get this. He said that because he was drowning in debt from his child support, he was going to kill himself. And he gives this terrible sob story to his daughter. 
about not being able to afford to live. He couldn't afford these child support payments and that he was going to kill himself. He's a POS, but he told Carrie there was a chance that he wouldn't kill himself. The only way he wouldn't do it is if he killed Michelle. Yeah, logical plan B. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, like you can't afford to your child support instead of like getting another job or just like, I don't know, whatever, he's going to he's going to off himself and then gives Carrie an ultimatum, basically like me or your mom. Carrie says that she felt like she had no choice and agreed that her father would kill her mother. And this was a month prior to what happened. We find out that later Carrie tells the story that she actually led her father into the house and that Lloyd Knight Rider then strangled Michelle and put a rope around her neck and hung her body from the banister to stage the scene to look like a suicide. Lloyd then made Carrie disable any security devices and distract her younger sister who was asleep while he killed her mother. The younger sister ended up waking up and Carrie put her in the car. When Carrie went back into the home, she said that her mother was dead. Carrie takes her sister back to Rochester and drops her off. Carrie is giving this story that she is kind of just protecting her sister. She disabled security devices. She distracted her little sister. She's kind of playing the role of protecting her little sister, even though she does say that she knows what's going on. She's an accomplice. She's an accomplice. She's an accomplice. She's an accomplice. She is. And I have such mixed feelings about it because the dad was so, so, so manipulative and so crazy. And I'll get into this a little later in the story, but he would parent his girls in a way that was like very military style, apparently. And he would like snap his fingers and his girls would like line up. Some people said that they would like shake with fear. Another family friend said that if the girls did something that he didn't like, that he would make them like kneel in front of like nose to a wall with like their head hands behind their back. Like they were going to be executed or something like this. He is raised these girls in a way that has made them very probably. Yeah. Yes. Just something. It's not right. So at the same time, I feel bad for Michelle. I wish that she would have been able to tell someone her father's plans and another thing that makes me mad is I think it's a little bit of the system that this family's caught up in because I think it should have been recognized all these things that's going on with Lloyd and it should have been kind of caught you know just the now we would know that a dad talking bad about the mom constantly to the kids and indoctrinating these kids to like hate their mom and filing all these reports to harass her is abuse so I think it's a lot of things but Carrie is an accomplice and also a victim. What a tricky situation. Very. So police have all of their answers, they think, after talking to Carrie, and police now have enough to arrest Lloyd. Lloyd is not arrested the day that they talk to him, and he leaves his work that day with police still tracking him. So one day, Lloyd drives to a five-story parking garage. He gets out of his car, and he sits on the edge of a ledge dangling his feet off the side no don't say it ironically lloyd is contemplating suicide which i think is interesting luckily police are tailing him when this happens and i think maybe he probably knew that police surround lloyd and a suicide negotiator talks to lloyd for over an hour before 
he is tackled and arrested safely off the ledge. Lloyd is arrested for the murder of Michelle Knight Rider, and the motive is kind of obvious. Lloyd was crazy, and he could not afford to make his child support payments, so in his mind, the best thing to do would be just kill his ex-wife. Investigators discovered that Lloyd was over $100,000 in credit card debt and could not keep up with his child support payments. It was the credit card debt. Yeah. Yeah. Are you putting your child support on a credit card? Because maybe that makes a little bit of sense, but... I mean, where'd you get $100,000 in credit card debt? Who's your lawyer? Um, Who's your your credit card company? (laughs) I don't understand. But yeah, so Lloyd's in debt. And what does he do? He immediately tries to get his wife's life insurance policy of $260,000. So that would pay off his little debt. Uh, Of course, he tried to. It's just, you know, same old, same old. Please tell me that didn't work. I don't think so because he was already the ex-husband at that point. So I don't know if he's stupid or just thought that he could just trick the system. I don't know. But I don't really understand what happened there, what was going through his brain. But he he attempted. He attempted. Maybe he was like, oh, I'm still on the policy. Like, she never took me. I, I don't know. Obviously, he's dumb. Carrie obviously has to be charged with something. She's 19 years old. She's not considered a child. And she knew that her father was planning on murdering her mother. And she knew that he was actively murdering her. She distracted her little sister and helped her father disable the security devices in the home. And not just that, but she knew a month before and she didn't stop it. Carrie is charged with murder and arrested along with her father. The friends and family of Carrie are obviously shocked. No one really believed that she would ever be capable of something like this. Unsurprisingly, Michelle's family believed that all of these problems stem from Lloyd. He was just constantly and repetitively telling his girls just how terrible and crazy their mother was. So in the midst of all this, Michelle's mother actually begins going through her daughter's things and cleaning her things out. And in all of Michelle's things, Jeannie, the mother, discovers that her daughter had been keeping a collection of her life dealing with Lloyd over the past few years. Michelle documented everything, and Jeannie found tons of screenshots, tons of letters, court documents, etc. from Lloyd, where he was just constantly attacking and emotionally abusing Michelle. So both Lloyd and Carrie were charged with murder, and in the initial stages of the court, both Lloyd and Carrie were tried together, and they both initially pled not guilty. Lab results would show in the trial that Lloyd's DNA was all over the home and the clothes that Michelle was wearing that night. By the way, uh, Lloyd had initially claimed that he'd never been inside the house, so this immediately, like, shows that, you know, he's lying. Stunningly, in the midst of trial, Carrie decides that she will testify against her father, and the state's offering her a better deal for doing this. At this point, Carrie is alone. She's locked up in jail, and she doesn't have her father influencing her, and that's when she decides to testify against him. Which kind of just adds to the point of his control and manipulation. Like when she's away from her father, she is doing the right thing. She decides to come clean and take the stand against her father. She tells the jury how she helped and even admitted for the first time that she actually helped move the body. Which this is surprising because she kind of said that she was downstairs in the beginning. She helped kind of arrange things, you know, keep her sister away from what was going on and she you know did security stuff in the house but she actually admits that she helped move the body carrie helped her father drag her mother's lifeless body to the banister where the father tied the rope around the neck and pushed michelle's body off the side of the ledge 
Lloyd ends up giving a full confession. He confesses to the murder of his ex-wife, but he also, like, gives this confession. He starts by, like, criticizing Michelle, and then he's like, well, murder's wrong, and I know I did wrong, so, like, I'm sorry, you know? But he, just like any good narcissist and crazy psychopath, he, you know, criticizes Michelle, and then it's like, well, yeah, and, like, also murder's, like, kind of bad. (laughs) Murder's bad, but, like, Michelle deserved it, Yeah. Yeah, murder's bad, but, like, she was mean to me. (laughs) So he uh, gives his little confession, and with all the evidence stacked against him, Lloyd's ends up changing his plea, and he pleads guilty to the murder of Michelle. He also, in his confession, he not only confesses to the murder, but he also kind of details how he actively tried to turn his girls against their mother. Starting when they were young, he detailed what he did, that he would constantly belittle the mother in front of the kids. He talked about his emotional manipulation. So that kind of solidified in the jury's mind and that Carrie really is a victim. Lloyd was convicted of the murder and he was sentenced to life without parole. Carrie pled to the lesser charge of manslaughter and was sentenced to one to three years um, prison. Carrie since has been released and she lives a very private life below the radar. Hopefully she's healing from this emotional manipulation and getting what she needs but lloyd is still rotting away and that's so sad thoughts and prayers so one to three years i get she's a victim but that still seems light yeah i think that i mean just testifying against her dad and then the fact that they did end up seeing her as a victim but yeah i mean it is a little light but that is the case, uh, or that is the murder of Michelle Knight Rider. Yeah, that's oh, all, folks. I, I never know. heard of this one, so I had no idea. No. I hadn't either. I watched a Dateline about it, ended up listening to a couple podcasts about it, and thought it was a, you know, I love a twisty one, so. You know what, It before we got to, you know, the conclusion, what it reminded me of, I had to Google it while you're talking, HBO doc. It's called Murder on Middle Beach. This mom <laughs> in Connecticut is like, the morning of like the final divorce hearing, she's found like murdered outside of her house. It's still unsolved, but her son made this like really good documentary. Obviously, it's like the ex-husband is like prime suspect number one. Also, lots of credit card debt and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But it, there's a lot of other things like a pyramid scheme or whatever. But I suggest everyone watch it. Yes. Okay. I'll have to watch that. I haven't watched it yet. What's it's up with these men just like being just it's always the same thing you know tons of credit card debt ton, like try to collect life insurance like what puts these people in this financial position where you can't just declare bankruptcy and just you know like you're gonna yes. kill somebody just men pride yeah the disease what's the going disease on of being a man yeah what's going on with y'all yeah mm. sound off in the comments yeah <laughs> we'll get a lot of love for that one <laughs> <laughs> but i mean statistically it's what's happening what are y'all doing so that was my case without kate and that was sad we can hop into our overtime section kylie do you have anything for overtime we usually discuss it before of what we're gonna say but we did not this time so any raw overtime for us i do have this debate with people going on right now is when do you put up your Christmas tree? Because oh. I mean, I know you're a big Thanksgiving fan. I'm not the biggest Thanksgiving fan. Mm-hmm. To me, it seems more special to wait a little bit to put your tree yeah. up. I say like 
earliest December 1st. Yeah. People Okay, that put I it see. up before Thanksgiving, I think you're a little crazy and you're not giving it at its moment. I do hate holiday skipping. Each holiday should have its moment. It doesn't go straight into Christmas just when Halloween is over. Yeah. I will say I have heard of a negotiation I'm willing to make with people that like to holiday skip. And I've seen these people, heard about these so-called people that put their tree up, but they just don't turn the lights on. Uh, I'm willing to negotiate. I don't like it, but it's these really spirited people that just love Christmas decor, you know, like the listen to Christmas music on in the car people you know christmas is so like uplifting and happy and seeing christmas lights make me really happy but if it was a month a month and a half of christmas it wouldn't be special that's what i was gonna say you like the christmas lights and you like how special it is because it's not all the time yeah if everyone had lights around on their house all year long it would be weird because there are some people that do that and they need to be arrested there are when i was growing up we had (laughs) A very religious family across the street, and we had, like, the colored Christmas lights. Like, each one was, like, a different color on the house. Mm -hmm. The, like, mom of the family came over one day, literally knocked on our door. I remember this vividly. To tell us that having, like, colored Christmas lights was wrong because Jesus didn't have, you know, like, colored lights. Colors? Colors. It's all black and white. Like, colored lights. And I remember my stepdad, without hesitation, goes... Jesus didn't have electricity. <laughs> Thank God he said that. I was waiting on so- you to say, like, um, he- Jesus didn't have Christmas lights. What are you talking about? Yeah. He didn't have colored lights. What? What a freak. Yeah. What a freak. That is bizarre. I hate people sometimes. I did just put up a Christmas tree two days ago. Saw other people on TikTok doing it. They only decorate, like, the part you can see. Because they used to decorate, like, the whole thing. I was like, yeah. I'm not doing that. It's just going in the corner. I'm decorating the front. Yeah, I'll decorate only the part you can see. And yeah. That's enough, you know? Yeah, that's fine. Do you have yours up? Um, I'm not doing a Christmas tree this year because I'm just so, like, transient. Is that a word? Yeah, you have, like, 15 houses to go to. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm not doing one my own. But, yeah, I mean, I'm sure my family has theirs up and stuff by now. So I'm, I, the older I get, I'm just... I don't Hmm. know. I don't know, though. Actually, if I was at my house all the time, I would have it up. But I'm just so like back and forth that if other people have it up, I'm I'm happy enough, you know? That's fine. I think if I had, like, if I was doing like Christmas at my house and I was a grown adult with like a lot of money to spend, like the Kardashians, Mm -hmm. I would have a different theme every year. Same, same. I, I that's what I aspire to be you know yes. like every yes. year you change it you change it up and you have a different theme that sounds just rich to me and I love it we love the luxury lifestyle love it <sighs> okay well well that was a great case to tell you and okay yeah so thanks for letting me tell you that case and Kylie will go next week minus Kate again and with that Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Over My Dead Pod. If you want even more information, including photos of the case, you can check out our blog, OverMyDeadPod.com. Be sure to leave us a review wherever you're listening to this and check us out on social media at Over My Dead Pod. We will see you next week with another case. Bye. Bye. Bye.